0: Chapter 20 My eyes misted as a familiar heavy presence enveloped me. Elohim? The room was quiet, but I felt him near. Stone's eye twitched. Her body tensed as if she couldn't believe the screeching was over. Your people think they're so smart, trying to ruin my plans. She yanked my arm and headed toward the door. Barrow! My name was spoken the same way it'd been the first time he called me. This time it was clearer, not in my mind, but from his voice. Stone let go of my wrist. I turned. A man wore a robe that landed at the strapped sandals on his feet. His dark hair curled around his shoulders. I edged closer. The more steps I took toward him, the more I trembled at his power. I stopped when I could go no further and collapsed to the floor. I looked up. He saw me. Elohim. Chills poured through me. It was him in the flesh. He nodded. I'm here only for a moment. It isn't time for me to come. Soon I will. How are you here? I am who I am, he said. My name is Yeshua, the promised fulfillment. I'll be born through your descendants. Mine? I didn't know if I wanted to love anyone or have children who'd bring the promised fulfillment. How are you here now? Time isn't a limitation, Peril. I'm here to take you from Moon City. What about Carper? You'll find him. He untied the rope and put his hand into mine. Stone stared at Yeshua with her jaw hanging open. Go away! Her voice was deeper than I'd known possible. I've come for you too, Kathina, Yeshua said. Stone took a couple steps back. Kathina. Yeshua's voice held love and authority, just like when he'd said my name. Don't look at me. Her voice was tense and hysterical. She shuddered. Yeshua stepped close to Stone, his shadow falling over her like a cloak. Awaken. Tears poured down Stone's face, her whole body shaking until she sank to her knees. She was like a tree that had crashed to the forest floor. Her head collapsed on her hands at his feet. Planting her hands on the floor, Kathina lifted her head. The piercing darkness of her eyes was gone, and in their place was sparkling green. The deep furrow that had defined her face was now smooth. Her smile was innocent and joyous. Daughter. Yeshua said. There are consequences for the pain you've caused. I don't condemn you, but I can't ask you to walk away from your troubles either. I need you to go to the Lasaris, find Bahar and protect her. Warn her not to leave the Lasaris until it's time for her to go home. Stone would help mom go home. I wanted to hug Yeshua. I wanted to shout out a celebration that dad could hear across the galaxy. Kathina nodded her head. I don't know what happened, but you made me feel alive inside. She sounded innocent, like she'd never had blood in her hands before, because Yeshua had washed them with magic soap. It doesn't make sense, but all I want to do now is please you. He put a hand on her forehead. She flinched, then relaxed. Kathina comes from two names. Athena, which means goddess of wisdom and war and Catherine, which means pure. Did you know that? She shook her head under his hold. He knelt, his face mere inches from hers. Your name will have a new meaning. You are now pure in heart, because you've seen me. You are a pure warrior for me. Stone beamed. Thank you, she gave a stiff bow. Come here. Yeshua held out his arm. Stone clung to him and cried into the fold of his neck. Yeshua closed his eyes and furrowed his brow as if he were saying a prayer over her. When stone stepped away from him, she glowed. Wiping the tears from her face, she stood straight and cleared her throat. I'm ready. Then go, my child. Stone ran off, looking far more valuable than the gold she'd left behind. Yeshua picked up Jimmy's bag and slung it over his shoulder. He took my scuffed-up hand into his calloused hand. His eyes lit up like a smile. You make me proud, Peril. Yeshua carried me with him as he leapt through the wall like I'd seen in a sci-fi movie. We were outside, floating in the air. Golden yellow tinged the cloudless sky, a breathtaking welcome to the new day. Yeshua didn't have wings. He didn't have a pendant around his neck. Yet the tingle in my hand from his hold told me of his power. The wind whipped my hair behind me. I caught freedom in my throat and swallowed. I only had his hand to hold, but I didn't hesitate. No fear, weightless. We flew past the Lasari's camp in the field the tents stood still in the early morning. Smoke from unkindled campfires drifted into the air. I wanted to land there and join Mom, Henry, and Sam. Jealousy tugged at my heart. Was it strange for Sam to meet Mom as it had been for me? I hadn't been the only one who dreamed of finding the same woman. I hadn't been the only one who'd cried at night. One lone figure walked in the distance below. I could tell it was Shia from the white beard that stood out against his black skin. He strolled leisurely, as if accustomed to early morning walks. Rather than landing with the Losaris, Yeshua flew over them and into the forest. I wanted to tell him to turn around, that my family was behind us. But I trusted he had a better place in mind. A flock of birds flew ahead and led north. When Yeshua slowed around the shore of a small river, he touched down on a bed of rocks like a snowflake. I stumbled when my feet met the ground, then straightened. The calm and shallow river trickled over big rocks. Birds chirped and flitted among the swaying trees. Why'd you take me away? You wanted me to find Carper. He picked up a rock and threw it across the river. It skipped three times. You were there for Kathina. Next will be Carper. My mind boggled at how easily he could change the direction of my course. He took me places I didn't want to go, then set me on my feet again. I wish you could stay forever. My breath was steady, everything inside of me at peace. I'll stay for a little while. Yeshua's eyes were soft and kind, and made my own eyes water. What will I do now? Yeshua dug into Jimmy's bag and pulled out a cloth with bread and cheese inside. He handed the cloth to me. Eat. He reached into the bag and pulled out a wooden cup. After dipping it into the river, he placed the cup on a large rock, then sat beside it. Rest for a while. It was the first opportunity to rest since I'd arrived in Origo. I sat down on the rock with the cup and grimaced. My rib still hurt and my back and stomach twisted in knots. I was alert to sounds around me, like the snapping of a twig or the rustle of an animal in the bushes. They didn't frighten me, yet I felt more aware now that I wasn't alone. When I took a bite of my bread, my teeth sunk in and the soft texture melted on my tongue. This is delicious. Alexis made it. I didn't ask how he knew. As God, he must have known everything. Why did Elohim come as a man? I guess it would have startled me if he'd come as an eagle or a lion. A man was more relatable. He understood what it was like to be human. She's an excellent cook. I took another bite. Sam made the cup you're drinking from. I coughed on the bread and used the water to unclog my throat and wondered how long it'd take for me to hear Sam's name and not respond as if I'd been caught kissing another. I examined the cup. It was smooth wood. Perfectly round. So Sam was a skilled carpenter, and I was thinking about him again. What was wrong with me? I know, Yeshua said. I know. Rather than feeling embarrassed that Yeshua had read my thoughts, I sighed and felt a surge of calm. What do you want to let go of? He asked. I watched two fish jump out of the water. I was good at holding on to things like necklaces. But like everything else in my life, the necklace had brought nothing good. Yet it was the only thing I owned that reminded me of mom. I couldn't let go. It was too hard. I squared my shoulders. I'm okay. I sensed Yeshua watch me. My heart tightened, unsure of what to say. It was too much. Since mom disappeared, I'd never fully trusted people but lived in fear I'd be taken too. I'd fallen for someone who ended up being my brother. I could have a crush on someone else. My life was a mess. But without the messy parts of me, I had nothing. I glanced at Yeshua. A tear ran down his cheek. He loved me. And more than mom ever could. It was a beyond human kind of love. It was a God kind of love. What do you seek? He asked. I picked up a rock and threw it along the water. It sunk with a small splash, and without a single skip. Figured, that was me. I sought whatever was beyond the forest and the wall and green meadow, but I sunk. Maybe I needed to be like that rock, and not try so hard to skip along the current. Maybe I could rise only when I fell. I seek a human kind of love, I said. I took off my shoes that were caked in mud, dipped them in the river, and set them on a rock to dry. Crusted blood glued my blistered feet to my socks. When I pulled off one sock, I yelped in pain as the tear pulled off fresh skin. I put my foot into the water and shivered. I pulled it out, took a deep breath, and set it back in. The current lifted plastered dirt, turning the water brown. Tears dripped down my face and landed in the water. I wished for my feet to be washed from more than dirt. Elohim had given me a new heart, yet this heart wanted more. If the river could wash away heartache, then I could choose Elohim's love for me and never hurt again. Yeshua waded over to me and knelt. He didn't seem to notice his wet robe along the hem. What are you doing? Yeshua picked up my other foot and pulled the sock off gently. It only hurt a little. He set it in the water. I gritted my teeth. He rubbed the dirt off my feet and underneath my toenails with his fingers. I shook my head. No, Yeshua. The river will wash me. Please don't. I'm not worthy. The little girl inside me was being cared for. It felt wrong that the great Elohim would wash me. But it felt right that he'd clean me. A time will come when one will wash me in a river. And then I will be ready for the world. Even when you don't see me now, Peril, I'll always be with you. His love for me bubbled up like a fountain and threatened to spill out. I couldn't move. I couldn't question. He'd found me in a small town with a tiny family. He'd chosen to bring me all the way to another universe to wash my feet. It was too much love. I will prepare you for the battles. is within you. Yeshua took the headdress that was wrapped around his shoulders and brought it to my foot. I am life. He rubbed my foot dry and set it on the rock. I am love. A tear escaped. Elohim was the love in my heart. Come to me when you're tired. Yeshua dug into Jimmy's bag and pulled out the ointment. As he opened the bottle, I breathed deeply the eucalyptus and myrrh that he swathed on my wounds. I will help you rest. He placed both feet on the rock and rubbed them with oil. I should have had many questions to ask him, but I couldn't think of a single one. My heart beat a slow pace, my stomach loosened its hold. The messy parts of me I'd held onto ripped free. In my mind, I untangled them from around my brain and plopped them into the water. They sunk. New words for my song stirred in my mind. I sang the melody in my heart. When you lead me by still waters, you restore my soul. Surely goodness and your mercy cover me. When he finished anointing my feet, Yeshua placed his hand on my head as he had with stone. He closed his eyes, and I closed mine too. I couldn't move even if I wanted to. I had no sense of time or plans or thoughts. Everything was blank and still. Tears moved from somewhere deep inside and were released. I wasn't sad. I'd never been happier. He removed the closet inside and replaced it with infinite space. I was boundless.